welcome to another episode of the Main Dish Podcast. This is Miley and Mandy, and we are so delighted that you are with us this week. Uh, this is going to be just a super, super episode. I'm so excited for our listeners to hear about this. I'm like so pumped. But before we dive into the episode, what is new and good with you, Mandy? Uh, so much. Oh, I know so much. <laughs> Tell me all about it, girl, because I only have, I think, one new and good thing. So I'm so excited. You got a few things. I want to hear all about it. Um, well, I mean, I just got back from mm-hmm. vacation and before I went on vacation, I think I ranted a little bit about the stupid dumpers. Yeah. I want to hear about your roommates. How are your roommates? Uh <laughs> Yeah, tell me all about your roommates now that you've been gone for a couple of weeks and now oh, you've come back. Did they leave a mess gosh. anywhere? So as predicted, um, I knew that was not a good spot for a nest. Uh-huh. I was like, that's a terrible place to put a nest, you dumb bird. You're going to die. So those two birds, the two eggs, both hatched. There were two baby birds. The day I left town, I happened to peek out there to see if they had flown away uh-huh, yet. Uh-huh. There was one dead one. No. And one still alive. Oh, I mean, that's sad, so sad. But gross. Yeah, but, but sad. Um, and like, I'm leaving today. Yeah. Like, who cleaned up? And there's still one alive there. Mm. Like, I couldn't. What, the, just... Was the bird not, the mama bird not around? No, there was no adult <gasps> bird around. Oh, no. I was like, did this bitch abandon these birds? Like, what oh, happened? She must like, have been so sad when she found out. Listen, bird brains put the fucking nest on my patio in full sun. So I don't know yeah. if she has the capacity to be sad. Maybe. I, know. I don't know. Oh, I'm how, sad for her. I don't know I'm how much emotional capacity pigeons have. I know. I know at the end of the day, pigeons. But I feel <sighs> sad to hear that exact one life was lost. Stupid how, what thing was, that I knew was going to How about happen? the second life? So I, le- I had to leave and I was like, God, oh, so frustrated. Like this yeah, stick of bird's still here. I and can like, feel for you. I understand you're leaving for a couple of weeks and leave, you're like, fuck. And I have to just leave this little thing mm-hmm. here and I have to leave that little thing there. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the mom's coming back. I'm like, mm-hmm. do you put water out there? Like, I don't have food. I literally mm-hmm. Googled like, what do baby birds eat? Oh. And it's like cat food and dog food. I don't have pets. They eat anything. Probably the pigeons. have nothing, to, but baby birds. Like, it has to be like soft, smushy shit, right? Because the parents chew it up and spit it into their little Mouth. That's really thoughtful of you that you thought like that in depth into it. I wouldn't have even thought I to just Google. I want a dead bird on my patio. Oh, another one. <laughs> I just wanted it to yes. live long enough to fucking fly away. Yeah, because I didn't know if the mom was coming back. So, anyways, I didn't have anything. I was going on vacation, so you left. Fridge is pretty bare. Mm-hmm. Had to go. So I come back and. I have no idea what happened to the other baby bird. I don't the know. The one that was alive when you left. I really don't know. There's still a pile of like Feathers. half of a dead bird out there. Only one that I could tell. But I was gone for two weeks. So the first one might be completely gone. And this might be the second one. I really don't know. But there is a lot of bird poop all over my mother flipping oh. patio right now. Oh. Like, it's like they held Gross. a big mass Aww. funeral or something i don't it's like they've all been camping out there in the two weeks that i've been gone like, like all the birds came and mourned for the dead birds so that's why perhaps. there's poop everywhere or i don't know if so like i don't know if they're the type of animal that will eat their own mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. i don't know if they'll no, pick I up don't the remains pigeons are i know that i saw a dog eat a dead pigeon the other day yeah like dead animals will sometimes yeah. pick at each other's remains and i mean yeah. they they're not 
they eat worms so they eat fleshy yeah. things so i don't know but anyway there's like a total fucking mess out there and there were three two very adult looking birds and one very young adult looking bird so maybe the young adult looking bird is actually the two week old bird but i don't know it looks bigger than that but i don't know there's like a couple of them that were hanging around there and i'm like shooting them away all day yesterday while i was working from home you, my first you need day an back. owl statue does, they perch on them. Didn't you hear my story? My neighbor I know. Has that's one why I'm saying. I know. Because I think of your comment every time I pass by your neighbor's uh, owl statue. <laughs> I just love the owl statue. It's so funny. But like, I need to get rid of this stuff. But yeah. I'm just getting back into town yeah. literally like yesterday. So it's going to all get rid of this weekend. Oh, bye bye, roommate. This made me think back to like, instead it's of bye bye, Bernie. Sorry. <laughs> and I don't want to do it yeah. but like i have to yeah. it's my condo yeah. i live alone i don't have a man i can talk into doing this sort of thing for me and it made me kind of think back funnily to like days where i did have guy roommates i had guy roommates oh, yeah. for years mm -hmm. and like just lots of single guy friends around for a long time and like you could almost always there was always somebody hanging around that was like semi-interested in you know what i mean like guys will yeah. do anything for you if they think there's like a chance they're gonna hook up with you so i kind of miss the days where i had all these single guys hanging around like just willing to do just about anything like if you were like hey could you come over i really need someone to take care of this and they would just because like yeah. you know even though well they also feel like they are like the you know they're a hero because oh that's a good point like the hero make. complex have they, you ever heard of the like, hero yes, complex yes, yes that's a good point like men do like to be the heroes and the problem solvers and like take care of things for women it's that whole stereotypical yeah. patriarchal yeah. thing but i at some point I or like some level of me yeah, I guess yeah. does misses the days of being able to take advantage of that yeah. a little bit more now I don't feel like I have a place I don't like have I'm not like I used to have a ton of guy friends it's not that they're not friends now they're just all married with kids and like <laughs> off taking care of their own houses yeah. they're not just like hanging out partying and like doing things yeah. for their single girlfriends all the time but I'm like damn it now I have to take care of this stupid good luck thing. Thank you. Do you want me to help you? Uh, oh, I can be your fake hello. boyfriend. <laughs> pretend you're. I will see you maybe boyfriend. this weekend, won't I? Pool party day. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> I'll have maybe. everybody come over here and help me out real quick. Get this shit yes. off my porch. I need like a power washer, I think, to oh. get the poo off my porch. Ooh. Otherwise, I'm going to have to like get a bucket and a mop yeah. for this wet. Wait, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So tell me about your vacation. Oh, it was so good. I just, I was on a little cross country jaunt, went to mm -hmm. Detroit for a bit, and then I went to Denver for a bit. Um, I literally opened, took my laptop. I opened it like one time for you the whole trip. And then I didn't open it again. I kept meaning to just kind of like yeah. do some semi fun stuff, just some podcast stuff, just some organizational things. And like I literally didn't really have that much time alone. And most times when I'm in other time zones, everybody goes to bed way before me and then I'm kind of up bored for yeah. hours. But I don't know. It was a weird thing happened. I I, I kind of went to bed early. With oh, people I was going to say, if you didn't open your laptop, did you open a book? I did. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How did you know? I was just about to say. 
I have read the fifth Bridgerton book. Oh, oh, oh is, you're getting close to seven, wait. How many? How is, many books are there? There's seven, eight, eight kids. So eight kids. So eight, eight books. And I okay. think there's a couple other Bridgerton family books too. But so I've read five, and Ooh, I'm like okay. halfway done with six. Holy shit! I know. I was like, I'm not going to start six, and I was like, well, I don't want to read a paper book because I have a paper. I, my mom gave me another paperback, and I'm like, I don't want to read a real paper book because I have to turn the light on if when I'm on the plane, and like I'd rather just like hold my phone and have that on. The, mm-hmm. So now I've read five, which is Eloisa's story, and oh. it's so good. Oh. I really, really, it might be one of my favorites, to be honest with you. Oh. Well, you and I have always agreed that Eloise is always in one of our favorite She's characters. She's such a fascinating yeah. little bugger. And yeah. now I'm in six, which is um, Francesca's story. Oh, I actually, I think she was only in like one episode or yeah, two. two so like i've known you nothing about for francesca like, probably 15 yeah. minutes total because she was like off and away in boarding college. school or something right. like she came back for like the engagement party or something at the end i don't really the know wedding daphne yeah got something married like and that left yeah. And... yeah yeah so well, okay or when daphne threw the ball whatever yeah yeah was, something but... like towards the end yeah so there yeah. we don't know much you but see if, the beginning if, and you see her when if our listeners are where i'm at which is just the tv series season one we know nothing about francesca except her name and that she's a kid she's younger than Daphne she came back towards the end of the series the season uh that's all I know yeah okay so cool now um so you're in the middle of that adult. story yeah I'm in cool the middle beans. of her story she got married as a young adult and I'm I'm at the point where she's like 26 okay so yeah Wait, so that's um, book six I'm in book six yeah. okay cool yeah so okay. yes, I have read one I and a half more books. I am happy that you have. Um, I'm almost officially eight books into the oh, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I'm having so much fun reading them again. I'm like, oh, but after I finish with this one, I'm going to take a break before I read the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe sneak in a couple more paperbacks. And you know, I'm getting ready. I'm trying to decide which wine course mm-hmm. I want to take to get my wine certificate. So. Yeah. That will start depending on which one I take, like end of June or July. Oh, I'm so excited. So I'll Good take a little break you. from Bridgerton freaking out. <laughs> and I'm not going to travel for the next like probably six weeks. So, um, you know, what I don't, I don't, I can take a break from Bridgerton books until yeah. I travel yeah, again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could be like your traveling treat, your yes. TT. Yes. Although, I mean, all of those books have like, a component of like revving you up mm, like so you might not want to be around people when you're i i, I want to <laughs> i want to be around a certain type yeah. of person yeah 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 but i'm seeing like you know you don't want to be on an airplane with well maybe you do want to be on an airplane with a I'm on an airplane and i'm like hot and sweaty and i'm like oh jesus this is getting good well everyone's getting vaccinated so <laughs> vax and wax mm. that's right vax and wax it's the, it's new fuck summer or something like this seriously isn't that, isn't that, is that the new i don't know i'm not I'm pretty sure like well like there's some memes going around it's like I didn't live through a pandemic to get back together with your stupid ass it's wow. new fuck summer oh like, and I'm not one to go really, back to people but that, like that should be something that I should uh, adopt <laughs> into my life right yeah, now yeah like I don't get back with exes but like that's a that's a meme that's going around okay. it's like okay I didn't yeah. live a, through a pandemic to get back together with your stupid ass yeah I like that I like <laughs> that a lot it's new fuck summer mm, okay I learned something new yeah learned a lot of new things today but that one I will definitely <laughs> remember. Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm not oh, on the okay. dating apps. I'm not doing anything other than, you know, working on my stuff. Sweet beans. Yeah. What I, about you? Uh, one new thing is, you know, we had uh, an episode 
a while back, and uh, it was with a guest, um, Heather Schneider. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she talked a little bit about hypnotherapy, and then we also had Stasia. uh, Stasia last week on hypnotherapy, and I actually had a session with Heather, oh. and we did hypnotherapy, uh, because one of the, uh, you know, I've been being, I've been trying to be more self-aware the, the, over the last 10, 10 months, 12 months, I've been trying to learn more about human connection, mm -hmm. uh, communicating better, learning about myself, learning how to uh, be more compassionate, more empathetic. Uh, and so would I, I, I would I, would it, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, would one of those things that you're learning into, like what I'm hearing a little bit when you say that is in part, maybe this is part of what I've been doing too, but uh, like learning where I'm self-abandoning? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that we were working on in my hypnotherapy session with Heather is uh, so cool. learning like one of the, you know, like, and I don't know how it's related. I'm still trying to process it all, but I self-abandon a lot, especially when it comes to not trusting myself. Like I just like I there's like thoughts and feelings that I have, but then I self-abandon those things because I don't trust myself and for I don't trust those feelings comfort? for someone else's comfort and or because of my fear of disappointing other people. Okay. Um, and so like I, I would I, I'll put I'll put my trust in other people's opinions and other people's uh preferences i guess um over or their feelings or their what you know their comfort mm -hmm. over mine and so we did some hypnotherapy where i actually went back to some past memories mm. of when i was a child and instances where i developed this fear of disappointing others and not trusting myself but not even trusting the other person because when i'm letting my fear of disappointment uh, control how I react in the situation, I'm actually not trusting others to be okay with me, right. to be okay with my needs, to be okay with what I am asking for. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really fascinating to kind of... there's a little bit of, of a pattern of that in your past, right? Yeah, there's a big pattern of it. But it was just really fascinating to, um, to utilize hypnotherapy to kind of go back to some of these uh, memories of when I was a child. So yeah. it was pretty awesome. Um, so that's something good and new. Like and things you had forgotten? Like are these sort of like... Well, it was... Um, I mean, you obviously you haven't forgotten them if you're able to pull them back. But like just kind of things that you didn't... You weren't super conscious of in your decisions today that like things you didn't weren't aware that were influencing you today. Yes. Like so there are the, these memories that uh, we went back through. I feel like they were memories of my childhood that I never I just thought of at a superficial level. And okay. during the hypnotherapy session, I actually realized that these memories, the reason why I remember them on a on a conscious level is because at the root of them. They were moments where I abandoned myself because of fear of disappointment or because I didn't trust myself. So painful. Yeah. At the root. I didn't realize that they were that painful. I just thought that they were memories like mm -hmm. of my childhood. But then when we were going through like when I was in that deep, relaxed state with Heather, I was able to realize that these aren't just memories of my childhood that I thought of every now and then. I actually like there's a, a painful underlying 
reason why I remember them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. Just yeah. to be able to experience that um, hypnotherapy uh, avenue or like methodology to kind of explore some of my trauma. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. getting to the feel. What the did feeling. you actually like, yeah. feel, feel in that mm-hmm. moment? Where are you yeah. feeling it now? Yeah. Versus just like the thing. Mm-hmm. Like you said. So um, mm-hmm. and like uh, giving me some strength to uh, realize like in those same moments, I knew what I needed and knew what I wanted, but I didn't speak up. Mm-hmm. And so uh, and hoping that now that I've learned that, hopefully I've truly learned it by moving forward. And the next time I have those feelings or that uh, the those feelings or knowing what I want or need um, and not not abandoning that. Right. Because it's one thing to have the understanding of this is what this is what I did. Like this is what happened and this is why I did it. It's one thing to have like an understanding of it, but like to really implement it. Yeah. And put it into practice is a completely different thing. Right. It's like that's where the real learning comes. So it's like. Yeah, like I can learn all of the things I want to about codependency and this and that. But until I put it into action and say something to somebody who might be, you know, who might be trying to not even intentionally, who but who might be uh, poking at like a trigger or yep. like something like this, some yeah. code who might be poking at me and trying to lure me into a codependent. Yes, space exactly. Until I say something like you might be right or until I say like well, that's one way to do it. Or until I go, oh, that would be really fun for you. I can't wait to hear how that goes. Like, you know, know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, enjoy. like that sounds really, you know, just until you learn to like say something and not not be sucked into it um, and really put it into practice and like get good at that. That's like, that's the whole game, right? Like that's the thing. Yeah. So I feel like I'm, you know, one step, forward or you know I'm I'm learning and growing and I mean that's another level of consciousness you have about you yeah and at the end of the day I'm like I can't and we talked about this in last week's episode with Stasia it's like I can't get enough of that it's like uh, I'll never be done learning about the inner workings of me and why I make decisions because every day I'm out in the world and I'm being impacted by new things and new people and new experiences and I'm constantly reshaping my lens exactly and like being open to receiving that and allowing it to be meaningful and impactful in your life and to, mm-hmm. to influence it in a, in a positive way moving forward. Yeah. Like so, constantly taking yeah. in the things and under knowing yourself and being able to stay true to that. Yeah. And, and then trusting that like at like, the same time, letting in experiences yeah. and going, does this sit with me? Does yep. it not sit with me? It does not. I can say no to that, Um, holding a space for that, you know, even if it takes you like a day or two. I think I said something like this in our Instagram post this week, like, you know, where are you with boundaries kind of thing? It's like, do you say yes to everything? Like, what a big deal it can be to actually just say, I don't know, let me think about it for a day or two. Yeah. You know, if you're having a hard time with codependency or boundaries. And dude, what you just said about like, not only being too scared to let people down as a kid and how maybe that's, you know, trickling into certain decisions you're making in adulthood, but like how you couldn't trust the adults around you to be a safe space if you did fail or if you didn't succeed, whatever it is, like failure is failure. Failure is not a big thing to be afraid of, but like that's such an interesting thing to say because like I can think of lots of times where it's like, 
adults demonstrate that they're not capable of dealing with barely dealing with their own shit and then as a kid you're like oh fuck you can't handle you how can you handle me i better not be a problem then how can i be as less of a problem as possible and like we develop all these like codependent behaviors and all these fucking things and survival versus thriving and mm-hmm. oh, there's man. a really good book for out there for anybody who's actually interested in that it's it's literally called from surviving to thriving oh perfect nice yeah. sweet thank so. you for that recommendation yes and if i may if you haven't heard that episode with heather oh, yes. schneider's episode 19 and we'd love for you to go back what and listen to that one we called it this is um, where it gets weird. weird yeah this is where it gets <laughs> here's where it gets weird here's where it with gets heather weird. schneider <laughs> exactly so her story at the beginning yeah was so so great <laughs> but it was a, such an, a great episode to get to know her and yeah. to you know and um she talked more 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 than about more than just hypnotherapy oh, yeah. but she for did. sure yeah so yeah. um that's awesome thank mm-hmm. you so much for sharing that yeah no problem us. i um, uh, i just want to let you know also good and new i got my period today oh yeah <laughs> so i'm still young i'm still allegedly you know I don't know. Maybe I can make babies. I'm not gonna. Mm-hmm. But, but um, you you have the option. Yeah. I, every time I get my period, even though she showed up a couple days early, mm-hmm. what crazy timing that we interviewed this guest on the day my period yep. arrives Demetra a couple of days early. from Go With The Flow is going to talk all things period with us. Period education. Period, period awareness. Poverty. Period of poverty. Menstrual equity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Female and, health. You know, and I said this in the beginning of the episode that you, this this interview tonight n- just pumped me up <laughs> and you'll hear it again at the end of the episode how like it took me through like all points of the emotional spectrum from joy yeah. to pissed off so uh i hope it also gets you through all those emotions as well because hopefully it will fire you up and uh and i have a literal fire in my belly but oh, that's yeah, mm-hmm. you know yeah but the period today exactly <laughs> But yeah, so enjoy the episode. Thank you. Enjoy, friends. Welcome, Demetra. Thank you so much for joining the Main Dish podcast and um, spending your time with us and our listeners this week. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to having a chat about all things period and menstrual health and the menstrual equity movements. I'm actually really interested in talking about this. I know. I'm so Uh, (laughs) excited. uh, But before we do, can we do like, can we just spend a few minutes, like, you know, three to five minutes, just kind of telling, if you can kind of tell us and our audience about like who you are and how you came to be where you are with, uh, you know, with the go go with with the the flow. flow. All right. Um, Well, my name is Demetra and I am the executive director of go with the flow And Go With The Flow is a 501c3 nonprofit organization based in Phoenix that donates menstrual products to students and low-income and homeless community members. Um, We have been um, doing this type of work since 2018, and to date, we have provided for the care of close to 35,000 Arizonians' uh, cycles. Um, So our mission is to... Um, ensure access to period products, um, particularly for students. 
um, educate about the issue of period poverty itself, um, as well as advocate for policies uh, that promote menstrual equity. So when you say students, can you define what students, because uh, student is such a broad word. So how, do you mean, are we talking like high uh, school Yeah, high school or students, college? college students, any kind of student. If you're in a class, like how do, yeah, how does this work? How do, so we donate products to students of all grade levels. Okay. Um, so typically most people think about middle school or high school students, but we actually donate to elementary schools as well. Okay. So we have provided our period packs and period products to schools um, that are um, elementary level through junior high, high school. We have donated to um, a community college, and then we have also worked with some of the universities here, um, particularly Arizona State University. How long has this organization been? Like, when? When? when can you tell us a little bit about the history and how it came yes. to be? So we started in 2018, uh, January 2018 uh, specifically was the date that we did our first donation of period packs, and that was to the Tucson Unified School District. Um, it came about being created once I became aware that this was an issue that was present in schools in Arizona. Um, when most people think about the lack of access to period products, they think about it in the context of it happening someplace else. So we always hear about it in countries like India or in Africa, but we don't really think about it taking place in the United States. And people certainly aren't aware that it takes place in Arizona. Um, so once I became aware of this issue, I started doing a little bit of digging just to find out what was happening with our schools here. And if this was a problem that students had and the information that I got back was yes. Um, we have some schools who don't provide product at all to students. So if they happen to start their period while they're at school or they run out of a product, their best case scenario is to hopefully have a friend um, or someone else that they can go to that will be able to lend them items. Um, for the most part, schools are able to make items available to students through places like the health center. But even with the health center, they're not being provided uh, necessarily the funding that they need to um, give products out at the rate that they are being asked for by students. So when that ends up happening, you have um, health centers that are put in this conundrum of, well, I have some product so I can give you something, but it's not going to be enough to get you through that entire school day. It might not be enough to get you through multiple days if you happen to be a student who relies on the school for that resource, which we know that students rely on schools for many resources outside of just receiving an education. Mm -hmm. um, the other conundrum that our health centers are put in is that the um, quanti or the quality of product that they have available to them is not the best because they're thinking they, you know, we need to purchase in bulk. And when you look at what's available in bulk and what's available cheaply, the, quant the quality of that product is not very good. So you have um, product that is being provided to students that really any adult um, 
person that has a period and can buy it themselves would not be purchasing. But because that is what is available for the health center centers to, to um, utilize, that's what's being given to students um, to use. So, so it's not even these, helpful to the students because it's no, it's for example, yeah. for lack of a better word, low quality. Yes, it's it's low quality. So if you think about being a student that has to go somewhere to receive a product. So one, you're having to go tell someone that yeah. you need something. Yes. And if and asking being, for it, which is yeah. hard already, like asking for yeah. something you need already is a is a is a challenge. I mean, and I want to get into this at some point, not right now, but like the whole shame around yeah. having a period mm -hmm. is so fucking insane to me. Like I can't stand that. So yeah. So you have so you have all of these factors working against you. You have the fact that you have to go somewhere, you have to ask someone for a product, you have to, um, in asking, let them know that you don't have what you need to manage a function of your body that is already very heavily stigmatized and that has a lot of taboo around it, not because of your doing, but because of society and our culture. Um, and then you're being given something that you really don't want to use or feel comfortable using because it's not going to be the same uh, quality as it would if you were able to go to the store and just make the purchase of of your pad or tampon or whatever it is, whatever it is for yourself. So um, all of these factors really um, compound this situation of, or the situation that students face. And all of these factors um, impact a student deciding whether or not they are going to go to school and even mm -hmm. have to deal with that situation alone. Um, and what we have taking place is that students are opting out. So, you know, one out of five students in the United States, and this is something else that a lot of people are not familiar with, um, with respect to this issue, is that one out of five students in the United States will miss school because they don't have access to product. Um, and when you look at the big picture of that, what that really means is we have one out of five students who fall behind um, in their studies. We have one out of five students who are not able to um, go to school and focus on their education, participate in their education, be engaged with their teachers and with their peers, you know, receive that mentoring, um, all of those things because they lack access to something that is very basic yet essential um it'd be like taking we... away every kid's pencils mm -hmm. it, for a whole day and you're like go figure it out right right i mean so so what do you what are you going to do do you go to school and deal with that feeling of not knowing if you have access to a product and if you don't, what are you going to do? Are you going to stain your clothes? Do you want to risk people finding out that you're on your period and shaming you because of that? I was feeling like inadequate and embarrassed and worry mm -hmm. and shame and stress. Absolutely. I mean, you're Absolutely. already a teenager, most mm -hmm. likely at this point, you're, or yeah. a preteen, and your body's doing all sorts of crazy stuff. You're already struggling socially you're in so many different learn. ways. Like, I mean, high school and junior high or middle school, hard enough. And then you throw this in there and like, I 
honestly, it's a wonder any of us women, I mean, we're obviously the stronger sex, but it's a wonder any of us get through it sometimes when you think about all the hurdles being Mm -hmm. tossed in front of you. Absolutely. It's a barrier. It's a barrier. And it's something that doesn't need to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that can be addressed very easily. Um, But unfortunately in order for us to address it we have to be able to talk about it and we're still not in that place um you know in our society where we can talk about periods or menstruation openly and if we can't talk about the function itself then we definitely are not going to be able to talk about what it looks like like the solutions and how to yeah how can our you know what are some ways where we can start talking about it more like you know, like I, I assume, you know, this is one of the best ways is, you know, you being an advocate, a, um, um, what is it called? A promotura, um, and being like going out there and talking about it and raising awareness. Uh, what are some other ways maybe our listeners can, can join in on that? Well, I, I tell people there's three things that they can, they can really do, um, to help promote this issue. One is talking about your period. So not being a, afraid to talk about your period, not um, feeling like you can't, Um, really challenging that perception that um, it's something that we shouldn't talk about. And if we do, we should only be talking about it like in the bathroom or with our girlfriends or with, you know, the other women in our life, like talk about your periods openly and um, be, don't be afraid to do that because the more that we are able able to talk about them openly in a public sphere or public space, the more use that people get to hearing that and being in the company of periods being discussed and the less of a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The less of a, uh, uh, I can't even think of the word, the less of like a thing it is when we talk about it. Or uncomfort, discomfort in talking about it. Yeah. The, the, we become, um, you know, you, you Sensitize, become desensitized, desensitized. Mm-hmm. desensitized to it. Exactly. So the more that we can talk about it, the less, um, you know, taboo that there will be that surrounds it. So the second thing that I tell people that they can do is donate period products. Um, so when people do donation drives or when they're doing like collections, especially around the holidays, season that's when people get really gung-ho about you know like we're gonna be generous yes we're gonna do something charitable and all of the donation drives and hygiene collection drives start popping up include pads and tampons and panty liners and different menstrual products on those lists because um often our shelter programs you know whether it's a homeless shelter a domestic violence shelter whatever it is they're going to be in the same kind of position as a school is whereas they have people there that they're providing a service to who need this product that they and they aren't able to give it out at the rate that is being asked for because that donation isn't coming in. Um, so just including period products as one of the things on the list of yeah. hygiene items, general you know, this, hygiene products. Yeah, that are general. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other thing that I tell people to do is pay attention to what's going on politically. Um, in your area. A lot of states across the United States have taken up this issue of period poverty and menstrual equity, and they have tried to pass different legislation. So um, paying attention when bills are being sponsored 
and making sure that you're contacting your representatives and letting them know that you support these bills and that they should be supporting these bills too. Like those are how the more um, sustainable long-term um, changes get implemented because it, it is going to have to happen at the legislative level um, as well. Like we can provide at the non at the nonprofit level and the direct service, but until like some more of these root issues get addressed policy-wise, there's still going to be that disparity. So when when legislation is being sponsored or being dropped by your representatives, making sure that you're voicing your support for them, because then it tells them that they need to keep moving forward, whether or not it gets actually passed into law or not. It's just something that they have to um, keep being cognizant of and trying to make progress on. Uh, so those are the three biggest things that I tell people that they can do to make a difference. I love that. Yeah. I uh, So we work at a, a private university locally here in the Phoenix area. And I often have an issue with the period product machines in our bathrooms because it's like yeah. pads and tampons and they take quarters. And I'm like, who the fuck carries quarters anymore? First yeah. of all. I no put, one carries change. Right? Like, so staff, like I'm in a management position. So it's like staff would be coming to me or residents or students. You know what I mean? They make their way down the hallway, hitting every female on the way until yeah. they find somebody who has a product that they need. I'm yeah. like, or here's 50 cents. So I, with our staff, university staff council, I constantly am chirping in there. I'm like, those machines need to be free. Like if somebody needs something, they'll take it. Like, no people won't take advantage of that, but like right. that should just be there for people who need it. Like you have a huge amount of female employees and students that should just be free. It's not costing you anything. So I'm yeah. constantly like chirping in their ear about that. And I then get on my little horse of you bet your ass. If a man was bleeding yeah. every 24 to 28 days, oh, yeah. that would be free. Yeah. And we, we are fully aware of that. Like we know, <laughs> I've, I've been at institutions Oof. or facilities like uh, places of business where in the female restrooms like there's like a cute little basket with products mm -hmm. and then like even like a little bottle of lotion but you I, I, I just enjoy seeing that in female restrooms where mm -hmm. you know there's pads and tampons and uh, you know panty liners just available for anyone who needs it it should yeah. be that way mm -hmm. and it's it's always fascinating too because like I feel like the biggest argument that you get from people as to why that shouldn't be is that like everyone's so concerned about people like taking all the pads and tampons. Like that is legitimately the big, like the first counter argument that you will have to um, products being provided like for free in the bathrooms at schools, especially if they're open and people can just have access to them. They're like, well, they're just going to get taken. And then like, what's going to happen? Then it's like, we so what? We don't so have what? Concern. Well, we don't we're... have that concern with toilet paper. Like we're not concerned about someone the napkins. In and taking all the toilet paper or anything like that when that's provided in a bathroom. But there's this really big issue for some reason around pads and tampons being provided for free because we're, I mean, we're just going to go balls to the walls apparently and use everything <laughs> that we, that's there. Because, you know, like, I, I just, I, I really don't, I really don't understand. My mentality <laughs> would be like, you know, if this purse, if someone takes an extra two home that night, they probably needed them. Yeah. Yeah. 
absolutely. They need them. And if they don't need them, they probably know someone else who does. Um, you know, it's very, I feel like it's very rare that you're just going to have these occasions where everybody's like just dumping pads and tampons in their bags for no reason. Like, right. I mean, I think that we're as, as people who menstruate and who have been, um, probably caught in a situation at least once where we didn't have access to something and we see like, oh my God, there's a bathroom with a pad or a tampon that I can use that feeling of immense gratitude, yeah. mm -hmm. um, you know, and appreciation. I think that we all keep that in the back of our mind when we see that. So we don't immediately go into a situation with like a hoarder mentality of I need to take it all. This is all mine, you right. know, because we understand what it's like to be in that situation to need something and not have it and to be really happy when you see it there being provided for you. Um, especially when it's not. Yeah. It's like forgetting your lunch and then somebody ordered catered in and you're like, Oh, thank gosh. Yeah. I can't right. eat lunch today. Right. Except you're not going to go through and take all the lunch. <laughs> right. You're going to, you're going to eat lunch. You're going to be happy to have a meal. You're going to appreciate yeah. it. You know, Except this happens to more than 50% of the population, like for what, let's say five to seven days every month, month like yeah. every four-ish weeks. Um, could you define for us period poverty? Period poverty. So the, the most basic definition that I typically give is just, it's a lack of access to period products. Okay. Um, and, and that um, period poverty doesn't just have to encompass the lack of product itself it also encompasses like the lack of education the lack of access to um uh, bathroom facilities the lack of access to like um positive support around your menstrual cycle um so it so i i think for like direct service purposes it's been product like we know that the immediate need is product so that's what we focus on um, as part of that definition, but it definitely doesn't just encompass product alone. Um, it encompasses the education part of it, the support part of it, the access to bathrooms and, you know, adequate um, waste facilities, uh, that part of it as well. Okay. And then menstrual health, like how much of your focus uh, with go with the flow is on menstrual health, health and education. Yeah. Yeah. So the health and education arm, we're still building. Um, okay. That was something that I realized was a need once I started doing direct service um, because we were giving out products, but then we started being questioned about, well, do you do anything around education? Um, and once I got asked, I don't even know how many times about that, I was like, okay, so obviously there's a need for education too. And then looking into that, like there's obviously a need for education um, because there isn't a lot out there available right now that is inclusive, um, that encompasses all aspects of menstrual care as far as like the different products that you can use and if you want to have like a more environmentally friendly or sustainable period mm -hmm. um what are the options that you have for pain management um the different menstrual health conditions um so there's 
there's a need for um for more positive like pro period education um um and that's not what is what is available um in a great quantity at this time there's definitely some businesses and organizations that are taking that up and that is what they do they are more about the we're talking about menstrual health and making sure that everyone you know is fully informed and educated and knowledgeable about what is your period exactly and how do you manage your period and and those different aspects um and that's great to see because there's the need for that um i don't even remember being uh, taught about periods or what i was taught about periods when i was in school um i was just thinking so the I same thing know. like there's a yeah maybe like it was maybe like you're gonna get your period i'm like, not even sure i yeah, can't even remember like, getting educated like, about it like i just remember sex-ed. having my period and my mom like going to my mom about it but i can't remember what i was like taught in sex school. Ed, yeah. i want to say it was like you're gonna get your period <laughs> and then it was like and then moving on. <laughs> And it's like, so, I mean, so what educate, like, that's not even, that's not an education. That's right, just like, right. that's a statement. You're not like, even you're informed of where to go to if and... you need, if you have questions. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have like... an opportunity to ask questions. Yeah. It was or a safe like, place yeah. to ask so questions. So women have a menstrual cycle. Right. And then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and that's it, you know, and, and even in talking about, you know, the menstrual cycle, even in that aspect of just like you know, um, generating that conversation around women, like that part of it itself is not even inclusive because not everyone who gets a period identifies as being a woman. So, you know, that here, like, that's a whole separate issue as far as how we have really like narrowed this down to be about girls and women and their cycles while leaving out an entire demographic of folks who get periods, who don't identify is either one of those two things um and so like that again that's where that need for like that really inclusive like positive pro period for lack of a better word to term it as um is really needed um so i'm you know i'm i one of the things that we are going to be doing as an organization is trying to build upon that um and do education around that but right or when we started it was mainly we're talking about period poverty and we're talking about what we're doing out here um but that was definitely something that was brought to me um as a need that's out there so i'm hoping that it's it's part of a short-term long-term plan to to start addressing that through some type of programming in the near future so that's awesome. We'll see. Yeah. I think they need to stop splitting up boys and girls in those sex ed, yeah. menstrual yeah. health, like talks too. It's like start them young, expose boys to, to like understand. So that they understand each other. What happened? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, how many of like, how many of us have had encounters of cis men and they're like, <laughs> what's the tampon? <laughs> you know, what's funny? What is actually... this? What is it? You know, I mean, like, yeah, they're like, uh, you happens. want me to, you want me to go to the store and buy what? Right. Like, what is that I in mean, your purse? 
Yeah, because I'll be like, you know, hey, can you grab something from my person? They're like, what is this? Yeah, like (laughs) the stories are very entertaining. Like they're good for laughs, but at the same time. But then the reality of the situation is. Right. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Like, have we all had a moment where we've like intentionally freaked out a a cis man near us with like period talk where you're like, (laughs) I got my period today. And they're like, I'm leaving. Yeah, there's that. that, Yeah, they've been kind of trained to freak out when we talk Mm -hmm. about it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Which I, I, I sort of find funny, like that we could ex- exert a power over something so silly. Right. Like all you got to do is start talking about periods and they're going to clear the it's room. Like, it's like the <laughs> elephant and the mouse, right? A little tiny mouse runs into the room and the big, strong <laughs> elephant freaks out and runs away. It's like the same thing with men when women talk about like, oh my God, I have the worst cramps today. And they're like, oh, and they're just stressed out about it and they have to leave the room. I mean, come on now. That's funny. Yes, but and I'm like, and this is where we are now. And it's like one of um one of the things that we do, um, this was prior to COVID taking place, mm. is we would have a lot of uh what I call period pack packing parties. And that's basically where we get like very like the community comes together and they make the packs that go out to our schools and our community partners. And I would always get asked about, you know, are men, are they allowed to come? Are they welcome? I'm like, yeah, bring them. Because we can talk about periods as much as we want to. But if we're not including cis men in that conversation, we're not doing anything. Like we can destigmatize it as much as we want to and feel as comfortable talking about it um, as we want to. But if the other half of the population is still having that same... Uh, I don't want to hear about an attitude. We're not making any progress. And I, I find, um, I love having cis men attend because mm-hmm. they're the, they're so funny. And there's just so many memories I have of like talking about what we do and we'll get into like the nitty gritty of putting the packs together. And we're going through like the different products and there's just like this very like <laughs> deer and headlights expression like oh my god what is happening right now and it's it's so entertaining and it's so endearing but at the same time it's also like such a testament to the lack of education that they're receiving about menstruation and it's really I feel like a disservice to them as well because we're saying like you aren't even capable of hearing about a bodily function like we're we're not giving them um, or not thinking that they have the capacity to treat it, you know, in the same manner as they would like if we were like, oh, I have a headache, I have a cold. Um, So we absolutely need to like break down that this separation that has that has always been there. um, Mm -hmm. And and really stop thinking that we can't have these conversations with them or we shouldn't for whatever reason, because we have to like <laughs> we have to and, and they also have- don't you think educating them is also building empathy on Absolutely. that side too i can imagine like a guy putting together period packs so like wait how many periods do you have a month why do you need all these different products and you know and i will tell you that it being in those spaces like they ask a lot of questions because they are genuinely curious and they <laughs> want to know and they know 
that they can ask it in that forum and no one's going to be like, oh my God. Like, yeah, it's a safe like, place for them to ask. Yeah. yeah. And then they can take that back and, you know, what makes them like better partners and friends and fathers and, you know, the, the male figures um, and whoever's lives that they're involved in because that, they have that information. Um, you know, and so that's why it's one of the reasons why it's so important to have them be part of that conversation. Um, you know, they, they need to be desensitized to it and really, um, stop being given that excuse that mm -hmm. they, that it's okay for them to be like, Oh no, I don't want to hear about this because that has been fed to them through out centuries. Like, you know, and, and that we're just we need to stop carrying that energy with us i'm like 20 2021 going into 2022 we shouldn't carry that energy with us anymore let's let's leave it behind <laughs> Yeah, I love hearing about these packing parties. It's so unfortunate that it sounds to me that you haven't been able to have them. So I guess my I have two yeah. questions. One is, you know, like, do you do you have uh, any other activities that you do as from an organizational perspective that people can participate in and and two when do you think those packing parties will start uh, back up again yes so the packing parties i'm slowly bringing them back um before what we were doing as an organization we were hosting packing parties and then individuals could also host packing parties um and all of that got shut down in 20 2020 the the lost year yes mm. <laughs> um so we're, we're those are slowly coming back so what we have now are the community pack days that are one saturday a month and for those they are for two hours in the morning at our office people can come through and they can make period packs that go out to our community partners i'm hoping that by fall um we may not so much have the individual pack parties, but more of the larger pack parties that we are hosting as an organization, because right now it's, I'm still keeping it very limited to um, a small number of volunteers just to make sure that everyone stays as safe as possible. Um, so those are, that's something that's coming back. And as we like try to go back to our normal event calendar, um, that we will do more of those. We do um, more events around community awareness and education. Like one of the things that we did in um, 2019, I want to say, was a screening of period, the documentary over oh. at the Coronado. Um, we got like we had my yes, favorite vegan restaurant, Coronado. They so we they just were... had Liz on this podcast. Yeah, one of the owners. They are so dope. So I they set us outside on the patio and like they made us a special drink just for that occasion. It was called the Aunt Flo or Aunt oh, yes. Town or something like that. So we had a pack party outside and then we did an actual screening because they have like that brick wall. So we did a screening of period. Um, yeah. And then we had like a mini just like discussion of it after. So if we're not doing like the hands-on events um, where people can do um, or get directly involved with service, then we're, then I'm trying to do like the education component and really, um, spreading awareness and giving, um, the opportunity to have knowledge about 
period poverty and the menstrual equity movement. One of the things that we have coming up next weekend um, on Saturday, the 29th, is we're doing a screening of Pandora's Box, which is the last documentary that came out about the menstrual equity movement. So a lot of people are familiar with period, the documentary, um, cause that was huge, you know, won an award, like mm-hmm. people were like, so stoked about that. That was exciting. So after that release, there was another documentary that came out called Pandora's Box. And so that talks more about the menstrual equity movement and what advocates and activists are doing. Um, and I think three different locations to um, create change, bring about progress. So we're gonna do a screening of that over at the film bar um, nice. next Saturday, which is really cool. Cause like we, we have, they're still operating under COVID procedures. So we actually have like our, a separate screening room that we're going to be set up in. I don't know if you've ever been over to the film bar, but they serve like they do like their open bars. So for the people who like to drink the wines and eat all the candies yeah. while they're watching the movies. <laughs> I'm the wine. <laughs> Miley's the candy. candy. Um, so this is Saturday, May 29th. Yes. Film bar. Yes. Saturday, May 29th. And that's um, the movie starts at 3.15, so people will need to get there around 3, um, and it's an hour, about an hour and a half, so it goes to 4.30. Um, for anyone who's interested, we have a sign-up on our website, www.gowiththeflowaz.org. Um, people can sign up through that link because, again, we're operating under COVID procedure, so it's not going to be like an at-capacity seating Um, I think we're under, actually, I think we're only doing, it's under half of what the theater um, is able to hold. So that way there's adequate space between everyone and people have to wear masks when they're in the lobby, um, going to the bathroom, that type of thing. So try to still be very cognizant of the fact that we're in a pandemic mm-hmm. yes <laughs> despite yeah but <laughs> despite what everybody may think we're still in a pandemic still we have not gotten an all clear right. um, for that but still trying to create those opportunities for people to do something get out be around other people and learn about what this is that's so cool. I'm so excited for that. I'm definitely going to share that on our social media for sure. yes. and um, put up the site and definitely make sure to share that event with people. I love that. I'm so, I never miss an opportunity to like try to educate people about, like, I love that we've seen runners like marathon runners recently yeah. just kind of, you know, they're like, my period's here. Deal with it. Yep. Like yeah, when you're know. running those races for hours, you don't have time to stop and like, you know, yeah. deal with your period. Like you're losing time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And and it's that type of awareness that is, is good for people to have. I think part of the mm-hmm. awareness for me, now that you mentioned that is also like, there's a lot of medical conditions that can also affect your menstrual cycle. Mm-hmm. And so like, for one, we need to be talking about it, but also like educating people that certain things like certain things in life like medical conditions can also affect your menstrual cycle and so like just talking more about mm-hmm. it is so important because if we can't yes. even talk about that how do we talk about the problems that are related right. to menstrual cycle either you know that either menstrual cycles cause or that 
have a negative impact on your menstrual cycle. Absolutely. And, you know, how many people do we know that have had, um, like very painful periods, for example, and then later in life, they get diagnosed with endometriosis. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. You know, like polycystic, we, um, yeah. polycystic, polycystic yeah. fibrosis yeah. or, oh uh, yeah. 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 But we, so we have part of the problem with this taboo and with stigmatizing it is that we haven't created a space where we can talk openly. And then when it is talked about, um, the experiences that come with that are minimized. Mm-hmm. And so we have so many um, situations where, you know, we have menstruators who have very painful cycles and it's just brushed off as well. That's just part of your period. And that's part of what being, you know, getting your period is like, and it's like, actually, that's not the case. Like if you're having a painful period, that's not normal. Um, and you should probably talk to a doctor about that. (laughs) Like, but we have been so, um, just in, in grains and, you know, we can't talk about this. We can't talk about it. And when we do talk about it, we need to, you know, just have this discussion as quickly as possible. So we can't spend any amount of time, like really discussing like, well, what, what is, what is, what is your period look like? What are the symptoms that you're having? Like, how long have you been having this? You know, instead we have these very brief conversations of, oh, well, everybody has painful periods and you just have to deal with it. And like, that's it when that's not the case. Like, I don't even know how many um people i have had as i'm talking to them about go with the flow you know and they share they're like yeah i've I've always grew up with these just painful like heavy cycles and it wasn't until i was in like my 30s and my 40s that i found a doctor who took it one who took it seriously because that's a whole nother issue within the yeah, medical field yeah. is like this minimization of pain when it comes to menstruation mm-hmm. and how easily we just kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's normal, whatever, take some Tylenol, um, or, you know, take birth control and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, especially like women who have, or people who have, uh, like irregular periods, they think that they yeah. can just solve it with birth that control or whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Everything, Instead like, of like really, truly uh, considering like, is it, indicative of a bigger issue or an issue down the road. And if I may just take this opportunity to correct what I said earlier, I said polycystic fibrosis, but I meant polycystic ovary syndrome. (laughs) So sorry about that. I was like, it's PCOS, but for some reason I can't think of the words. (laughs) And then I'm so, so, so sorry. Just wanted to correct myself. (laughs) I like how we fact check ourselves right in the middle of an episode. Well, I just want to make sure, you know, because again, we, I think of ourselves as a, an avenue or, you know, a a source. Advocate, avenue source of education Hopefully. so i just want to make sure we're putting out there good information or reliable information and i always yes. want to correct me specifically but you're uh, the best if, yeah so but yes <laughs> um but yeah like you know i appreciate like Demetria addressing the whole like you know the the that some menstrual like just educating ourselves about the menstrual cycle and how some issues that can lead to bigger issues down the road and or other medical conditions get, that can also affect your cycle too so and getting down yeah. take it seriously yeah. like i was as a teen like literally 16 i was like my period shows up every like 21 days yeah. guys. regular like i, I didn't, don't love this i didn't know <laughs> it, it was really it annoying. Was later on in life like later on in my you know in my 20s that somebody told me like 
are you sure you're regular? Like, do you know how to track your period? Like things Uh that you should know. Like I didn't, you know, like who do you learn that information from? Because you're not learning it from sex ed class. Right. And if you're not having a conversation with your parent about it, and this is where it also, I started thinking as we were chatting about how like, this isn't just a woman issue, especially today where you have single dads raising kids, Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. divorced households, maybe, and dad has the kids 50% of the time, or you have two dads, you know, you have two dads raising children. Like, I mean, there's just so many instances where this is not strictly a woman's issue and it Mm -hmm. needs to be more out yeah. in the open with you, yeah. all types of people and genders and and it's just- not just family issues too like you know Demetria you're you're working with students and so it's like a societal like it's a social mm-hmm. it, like you know it's, it's a human you know, yeah issue. it's a human issue <laughs> you know like yeah our our you know people are going to school and some of the, the people in the environment like you know in that school environment in the work environment in whichever environment there is like we should all be helping each other out because it is a human issue. At some point exactly. I knew like that my period you was supposed somewhat. to come every 28 yeah. days. And I was like, mine comes every 21. I don't like this. Like, I, I mean, I was like 16, literally maybe going on 17. And I'm like, I feel like I'm always on my period. Is this how everyone? Is this normal? Like, yeah. let's talk about like, what's no- like, you know? Yeah. And then literally they put me on the pill to try to regulate me and like, I would have breakthrough bleeding because like my cycle just wanted to be my cycle. It didn't want to be 28 It didn't want to be controlled by the birth control. I went through (laughs) so many different like pills trying to like get one that would put me on. And like, you know, this is a long time ago. I'm like a million years old. So this is so long ago. Only half a million, Mandy. Only half a million. This is so long ago that like doctors were more than happy to just keep switching it up and giving you new birth controls. Just like, sure, let's try to manage this with hormones. Yes. And that is such a common thread and it blows my mind. So one of the things that we started doing last year, um, every quarter we do something called that time of the month. And that's when we talk about different issues, whether it's like related to menstrual health or um, menstrual equity. And the very first one that we did, I had a friend of mine talk about um, her journey with endometriosis. And everyone who participated in that discussion across the board, whatever issues that they have with their periods, the solution from their doctor was always birth control, always birth control. Like, I have cramps, birth control. Like yeah. that was like that was the answer for everything. And and there were um, women, you know, who had like they had they had health issues, like menstrual health conditions, and they were it was so minimized what they were experiencing, you know, by their doctors not taking their um, pain seriously, and then just like the um, the default of just get on birth control, take birth control and it'll fix it. And it's like birth control was not the answer for any of these things. Birth control is not the answer. Yeah. It's the answer. It's the answer to unwanted pregnancies, not to every other condition related to someone. That's that's how it is with like, but we like, like the medical field found one thing. (laughs) This is going to be the thing 
that addresses all women's health issues. Like I'm, we're see, just this, always going to push birth control. For this makes everything. me think like, are they just, are, are, is, are our medical doctors and DOs, are they just undereducated in that field? Like, do you have to go into being an OB to learn more about I have, that? I, I have found that my experiences my concerns were definitely more addressed through an OBGYN than through a primary care doctor. Um, and every primary care doctor was just like birth control. And I'm like, yeah. no, no, they, no. I think it's, they are undereducated. Absolutely. Yeah, because OBGYNs have to go to an additional residency program. Yeah. They get extra training in that specific organ system. And so, like, I, I don't want to blame PCPs, but, right. I, you know, like, they are limited because they have they, they have to know a little bit about everything in the body. Mm -hmm. Whereas OBGYNs, like they're spending an extra three to seven years of extra training mm -hmm. just in this one organ system. My argument right. is that primary care physicians should know when to refer. Correct. Exactly. They need to recognize their limitations. Referral. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Instead of being like, we'll just take birth yeah. control. Well, right. they, we'll they just yeah, a exactly. To OBGYN and we'll be good. Yeah. And as, a, as, someone who... as patients, we need to get better about not wanting a pill thrown at us to fix right. things. Yeah. And, and there's like, there's also that part. So there's the, there's the component of self-advocacy, mm. but in order to advocate for yourself, you have to be knowledgeable. Educated? Yeah. And if we're not knowledgeable about the functions of our body and what is not normal because we've been told everything with menstrual cycles that we experience is normal no matter how abnormal it really is we're not going to know that okay well probably what they're telling me i should maybe i should get a second opinion or i should do a little bit more research or try to get more information because we don't know um and i feel like that is something that is it translates over not just to menstrual health, but to women's health in general. Mm -hmm. um, there's that, you know, it's, it's that feeling across the board of that minimization of the health issues or health conditions that, that um, cis women have. Mm -hmm. um, and the, uh, um, unfortunately, like the, the lack of, I want to, I feel like saying the lack of support that's not, a, that's not the exact word I'm looking for. Um, but just like that feeling in general, when it comes of, when it comes to women's health and how difficult it can be, you know, to feel like your concerns are being addressed, um, and that they're being addressed in a, um, informed and empathetic. Yeah. From <laughs> a compassionate space. It's like, yes. And then, I mean, the concern, I think for, a, I think, gosh, I might be out on a limb, but I would hope that most women are concerned about lawmakers who are making decisions about our bodies right? and how many men's hands that falls into. Right. And how many of those men's hands that that falls into who are not informed and right. who right. have shown. If our medical professionals aren't informed, you how can our lawmakers be informed? Yeah, you informed. better ask your councilman right. uh, isn't informed. Right. And there have been some male lawmakers. How yes. many okay. of them and there have been are not informed? Yes. Yeah. And how many of them are not informed and how many of them have, they're making decisions on 
their lack of information and that exactly. that is scary. There's something <laughs> going on in Tennessee right now and I've I'm I barely know what it is, but I know it's tied to women's health and abortion and they're re-looking at Roe v. Wade and it's like Yeah, there was what? something that came out of Texas today too. Oh, um gosh. yeah, there was another there was another bill that just got signed by um Abbott, I want to say. Abbott. Um so yeah, we I mean we're just there all the all the abortion anti-abortion bills are just coming out of the woodworks <laughs> so yeah. uh are there any bills here in arizona that uh we or our listeners should be aware of right now so um arizona has tried to pass some legislation around menstrual equity um we it it has not been successful yet but we do have a couple of representatives that have um t- sponsored some bills and have tried to get some legislation passed um a couple of years ago representative athena salmon tried to pass a bill it was house bill um hb 2222 that would increase the amount of period products that were being provided to incarcerated women so at that time um incarcerated uh menstruators were having a very limited amount of product provided to them and the product that was being given to them it was pads only again very low uh, quality quality pads like the stuff you just wouldn't want to use on your worst day um if they wanted to use tampons i believe that they were having to purchase them from uh the the commissary with their own money Mm -hmm. um which when you're incarcerated you either have people putting money on your books or you're working quote unquote, because like, if you're working, you're not hardly getting paid any money. So that term is used very loosely, but her bill was to increase the amount of product that was being provided to incarcerated women. So it get, it got assigned. She sponsored this bill. It got assigned to a committee. The committee was all men, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Representative Salmon works with different advocates and um, organizations to bring in women who had been formerly incarcerated and they spoke about what it was like to be in jail and to basically have their period products held ransom from them. Like what it felt like to have your body be engaging in this function that you have to um, seek outside resources for from somebody else um, and oftentimes do so in a way that is very dehumanizing. So, um, you know, women spoke about how um, if like if they bled through their uniforms, um, their gel uniforms, you know, that's something that you can be written up for in the facility that can be an infraction, a disciplinary infraction. If you have um, a, say that you're sharing a, um, uh, a cell room. I don't even know the word that I want to use with someone or they're like, Hey, you know, um, yes, I'm, I'm menopausal. So I don't need my product here. You can have the product that I need. No, no, no. You cannot do that because that can be considered passing contraband. So there's all of these, wow. and that, and that again, that can be another disciplinary infraction. So there's these these things that were really um, dehumanizing um, situations or causing dehumanizing situations for incarcerated women to be placed in. 
So they came and they spoke about this. And one of the representatives comments at the hearing, um, when this, you know, when this bill was being heard and people are making their, um, doing their presentations, he had said that if he had known that they would be hearing about periods or talking about periods, he never would have agreed to hear the bill. So Holy that is the response. That is, that is the response that is coming. When you talk about um, um, cis men being in these positions of power, um, in these lawmaking positions, and you're trying to get legislation passed to address an inequity that they aren't informed of or knowledgeable about, that is the response that is coming, um, that is coming out of that. So you're asking that, someone who's never had to want for anything in their life. Right. Right. To, to feel help empathy, someone. Yes. For a situation that they not only do, that they have never experienced, but that they don't have any knowledge of either, because I don't know how you think that you're going to have a bill talking about pads and tampons and not talk about periods. Like you have like no capacity to even yeah, understand. Like I was going to say, you can't understand because you don't even <laughs> want to understand. Exactly. Like you're not even open to understanding. Yes. Because so, you don't even recognize that it's an issue. I right. would have been, I mean, if uh, I'm picturing an old white man and maybe I'm just being like a racist, person. <laughs> like you can't be racist against white people. I know that's not a thing, but I'm just like, I'm picturing like an old ignorant white man, like from the South sitting up there. Like if I'd have known I'd have had to listen to period talk, I never would have showed right? up today. Right. Like, I'm sorry. I showed up for work. And it's yeah. Like, it's it's terrible. It's not even the South. Like this is Arizona. I'm like, this is happening in Arizona. And the outrage from that was so enormous. Like good. So angry <laughs> because one, we're having to address this in a bill. Like, yeah. This is, this should be really, even, we have, have to, to get to that level. It's like asking right. for food. It's like I was just going to say, I was like, you would almost think like when you get incarcerated, like part of like your right is to be fed. Like you should like, mm -hmm. you should have, the resources you need because of basic human stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like just basic, like having your basic human needs met, but they're like, nah, nah, we don't need to do this. Um, but Fuck like people him. were so angry. And so what ended up happening was like, of course we made the news because we're always in the news for something bad. So it <laughs> made the news and people like they, they were outraged rightfully so. And um, the rep, the some of the representatives, or some of not the representatives, some of the committee people went with um, staff from the Department of Corrections, and they were like, "We're just going to do an internal policy change. Like we don't, we, we don't, we're not going to take the route of actually implementing legislation because legislation it would have created like a third party." Um, entity or left it to a third party entity to be the overseer, overseer to make sure that these folks were getting what they needed. So they did this behind, you know, behind closed doors meeting. They're like, we'll just do an internal change. So they, I think they doubled the amount of products that they were giving out and they started including pads and tampons, but you know, how much they've done what they have said is debatable um because there's no one's checking up on it yeah yeah there's there's they're not being held accountable you know, nobody's they're making not, sure yeah yeah 
and, and that's the problem, like internal change, internal policy, you can change it, you change it right back. Like who's enforcing it? You guys are enforcing it. You didn't want to do it to begin with. So right. um, there was that bill and that was a couple of years ago. We have another representative, um, Representative Daniel Hernandez. He's based down in Tucson um, and he has tried to pass legislation to get the sales tax uh, removed off of period products. Um, oh. Don't know if you guys are aware yeah. that period products are taxed here in Arizona. They're subject to a sales tax because they're not considered essential. So he has been trying for the for a couple of years to get that removed um, and unfortunately has not been able to do so yet. But I mean, we do have we do have representatives that are that are trying. We have some that are really trying to put out some bills to address some of these issues around menstrual um, inequity. Um, but, you know, it's Arizona and the way that our uh political makeup is it makes it hard to get things done <laughs> sometimes so yeah. um they have not been you know nothing has been passed yet but um i remain hopeful because we at least have have folks um have some politicians that are still trying to and as long as they continue to try then you know that's really half the battle is getting legislation to be sponsored in the first place. <laughs> and I think talking so, about it, you know, we're talking about it on this podcast, people will listen, yeah. people will then talk about it to their friends, yeah, to please. their family, to their spouses, share it with others. Like this will get beyond a local community and it will get people talking and thinking about it more, which the more kind of ears you can get into and talk mm -hmm. about this sort of thing. It's like, this is reality. What? I mean, it's like sending your boyfriend or your husband or whatever, sending a guy what to the store and they're like, wow. You guys spend like 10 bucks a month on tampons like right. 10 bucks for this box like that's wild it's like you know that's part of period of poverty you don't just not yeah. be able to literally afford it like it they're they you have, have to, to add expensive. you gotta include it in your budget and yeah. it's like i mean i really appreciate that there are things like more natural products coming out now for people more sustainable like mm -hmm. maybe products that aren't bleached it's like like yeah. you were talking about what, with the really cheap products that are in jails and other places it's like hey guys do you know we're putting that up against like the most sensitive parts of ourselves <laughs> like, yeah and i mean and that, like, that's a whole nother fact or issue too is like the products or the ingredients that are made in products yeah. it's not um i think new york was i want to say it was new york um yes i believe it was new york that passed legislation that stated that um, ingredients had to be listed on the boxes because wow. that wasn't something that was mandated before. Um, so, you know, now we have, um, since we're talking, we're having more discussions about periods, there's this whole other subsection of, well, what are in our products that mm -hmm. we're using? Um, how safe are they? Um, the environmental impact of yeah. products um you know what are some more sustainable options that are available for folks to use so there's all of these like little there's so many subsections <laughs> of yeah. different issues that are part of this um you know it's a much more um i i tell people it's a very onions issue 
um, you know, you start, you peel one layer back, you peel another layer back, you peel another layer back. And I feel like that is what that that is what this movement is. There's so many different components of it and so many different things that have to be addressed um, and that different folks and organizations are working on, um, you know, to try to impact change and to just bring that, that um, knowledge about, you know, that isn't and hasn't been there before. Yeah. I haven't gotten to the whole menstrual cup yet. Like I'm, I'm personally just not ready for that, but I do hope that I'm doing some good when I buy products like Cora that mm-hmm. are not bleaching and, you know, giving money back and doing sustainable and just kind of outreach type of things. Like, yeah. So those are just really interesting things to think about. It's like once you've taken the first step to sort of become educated about, it's like, oh, now what can I do next? And then mm-hmm. can I do anything more and who else can I help? Yeah, you just start, you start thinking more about it and you start just being more um, cognizant of just like different, <laughs> different topics or issues, um, you know, within like the, the, the space, the subject or the, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like you have menstrual health or periods or whatever that are like, it's like the umbrella and then all of these other things that fall under it. For uh, so I know you're helping schools and um, I guess it's it's mainly schools right and homeless shelters. We do um, so we have um, schools that are the primary focus, but then we have community partners as well. Okay. So our community partners they can be um, shelter um, programs for uh, the homeless or unsheltered community members, uh, domestic violence programs. Um, food pantries, neighborhood food banks, uh, family resource centers. So we have the, the, the larger focus is on students, but we also try to put product out into the community outside of students too, because you do have like that whole other demographic of people um, yeah. who lack access or don't have the means, um, you know, to have access to period products. Yeah. That was my next question. Like where would people who aren't in school menstruators go to find products if they were in need and they didn't have access to, you know, they were in school. And there's, you know, outside of going to like some type of shelter program or food pantry or, or someplace like our social service program, there really isn't anywhere that you can go specifically to get period products. Um, you know, our office here in Phoenix is like, we are dedicated to period products. Um, and I would say that we are the only program, um, in the Phoenix and, you know, neighboring metropolitan areas that houses or is housed specifically and purposely for period products. So if people have a need for period products, they have a place that they can go to receive that. That's not to say that you couldn't go to like a food pantry or a food service um, to pick up hygiene products. Whether or not they have period products available though, that's gonna be a 50-50 depending on what their donations look like. And if they have prioritized um, or put out the call to have those type of products uh, provided to them. So, um, it goes that. back to, yeah, it goes back to, um, 
that second thing that I said that people can do when you're doing donation drives or hygiene collection drives for places, make sure that you're asking people to donate pads and tampons too, because the shelter programs, um, they're going to have a need for it. I'm I'm thinking back to all the drives that I see like so I'm a big part of the vegan community in Phoenix Mm -hmm. and like I'm thinking to all the drives and the food drives and all those things and like for shelters and just uh, you know domestic abuse pro like all of the things that are coming into my head and I'm like is that ever on the list of things they're asking for at uh, at the university we have a um, a women's dentist group Mm -hmm. and so annually up not the year that we lost, but up until the year that we lost, mm-hmm. we were having an annual drive for uh, female hygiene products. Uh-huh. So that was really cool. Um, but I'll let them know about Go With The Flow Arizona yeah. so that we can donate to Go With The Flow Arizona. Um, that being said, where's the best place for people to find out information about Go With The Flow Arizona? Is it Go With um, The Flow our- or Go With The Flow Arizona? No. Go is go with the it's go with the flow. People call us go with the flow Arizona because that's what our Website. social media pages yeah, are. Okay, <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's just go with the flow. Because I get asked, well, where else? Where, is there another chapter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's I blame that on Facebook and Instagram because they're like, no, you have to, you can't be go with the flow. So it's like, okay, so I'm gonna be go with the flow AZ. Um, but yes, yeah, so our web website um www.goftheflowaz.org and then we're on facebook and instagram go with the flow az um and those are the best places for people to find out like what events we have going on if they want to sign up to volunteer for anything on our website we have a um link to our donation our our um shopping or Amazon shopping list. So people can go to Amazon, shop our list, and those donations come directly to us. Um, Our website is also where schools or community partners can sign up if they want to receive uh, donations, donations from us. Um, So yeah, the website, social media, those are our three biggest forms um, of connection for people to follow. Awesome. And if I may, and correct me if I'm wrong, because you are a uh, nonprofit 501c3 organization, if our listeners or anyone out there is interested in donating and it's not that they, you know, if they don't have actual product to donate, do you qualify mm-hmm. or are you a, a, an entity that they can donate the tax deductible Yeah, so donation? With a, yeah, with us being a 501c3, we are a tax deductible organization. However, there's the difference between that and then the Arizona tax credit. Okay. So the Arizona tax credit, we are not a part of. Okay. So with those, I believe that if you, they just, they changed their filing. I think they, they increased, um, I don't I actually, I can't remember what they did. So maybe I shouldn't say they increased it, but I know that they made some changes to the amount that you can donate to have that written off your Arizona tax filings. We are not one of those organizations. Um, But if people wanted to make a donation and have it used for um, other tax purposes, then yes, we do. We do count as one of those. Yeah. Thank you for that clarification. Awesome. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners and with us that we weren't able to talk about? I feel like we've had such an incredible conversation. I've learned a lot. I've, um, I felt both joy in learning, but also like 
pissy like i've been pissed at a lot of the issues that are happening. so like i'm like fired up in both you know the entire spectrum of emotions mission accomplished i'm my end then <laughs> like i want to get you i want to get you mad about it because then you're realizing like it should yeah. not be this way but then also i'm going to throw in a lifeline and be like but this is how you can help <laughs> You so know, you can, the, like, like stores should put period products on the end caps. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone should see them. They should be out in the middle of the stores, like not hiding down some little dark aisle, like people sneaking in and out of the aisle to buy period products. Like, no. And, yeah. And I mean, and some grocery stores too have been good about changing their terminology. So like some are moving away from like having feminine products hygiene. using the feminine hygiene. And now they're, I forget what they're saying. They might just be going like period or I don't think that they're so advanced that they're going menstrual uh. yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll get there. But We're going to start a hashtag moving, on that. Yeah. I know that they're getting away from like doing as a feminine product yeah. aisle. Um, and they might just be calling it hygiene at this Good. point. I don't know. But Good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Demetra. It was You're such welcome. a pleasure to uh, be with you tonight and uh, to to learn from you and to again like i said be be happy but also be mad with you <laughs> yeah i'm excited I, for people to hear mm -hmm. like just a little bit of eye opening yeah. that this you know i'm sure there are people listening who are gonna not have realized that this was a thing you know yeah. menstrual yeah. equity and um i get pretty revved up about it and i you know tried to do my little activist thing in the ways that I, I can and hopefully just speaking about it and I'll, ju I'll just throw it out there. I did start my period today, everybody. Oh, I finished mine two days ago. <laughs> she came like a couple of days early. I was like, what the? Oh, damn, my stomach hurts. Like, what's this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, next time, I'm like, I'm looking forward to the next time I, I start my period, I'm going to announce it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll just get on the loudspeaker. <laughs> we actually have, and I'll, I'll do a plug for merchandise real quick. We actually have shirts um, oh. that we started, we started selling last year. Um, I don't know if you guys are like Drake fans, but you know how he did like his one album. Um, uh, if you're reading this, it's too late, but it was oh. like in that chicken scratch print. So we have shirts that say, if you're reading this, I'm on my period. And it's in that it. same font. So oh, I was like, funny. I was like, it's a, it's a period service announcement. Yeah. If you want to let people around you know. It's a PPSA. <laughs> If you want to let any men in your life or around you who might be scared of you know or scared of periods know to stay away from you. Yeah, just put put on that shirt and you know, like we just funny. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So it's a great way to find uh, the less evolved yeah. men around you, I think. Uh, right? So I will go ahead and take this opportunity to um, encourage our listeners to, you know, look into the event Saturday, May 29th by going to go with the flow AZ.org or Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. And um, while you're there, check out those shirts. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, have a wonderful night, Demetra. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. That was an awesome, awesome, awesome episode. I love when we get educated. Yes, and I love it when it's on a topic that I think our listeners uh, are also going to learn a lot like about. I, I get really amped up about mm -hmm. women's health in general and when it comes to like, shaming or trying to brush things off that happen to all of us as women like I just get really I yeah I can't 
Yeah. And, and just like not even just with, but like also for just anyone to understand mm-hmm. uh, like women's issues a little bit better. Um, yeah, totally. Um, I felt really pissed off when we were talking about the whole incarceration thing. That was pretty just wild to me. Seriously, we like that is such a basic human need and like respect that we oh, regardless of I mean the jail system yeah, is incredibly exactly, dehumanizing yeah. in general but like I can't imagine having to like beg or plead yeah. my case to get like another pad another yeah. shitty and, pad and then that. getting <laughs> and then getting in trouble or written up because, because it doesn't work exactly well. and then now it's like it's not my fault it's out of my control actually like, it's in your control yeah it's all in your control someone who might want to help you could get in trouble yeah. to help you that's just it's, it's actually just, there's disgusting. like no win it's, it's like everybody loses no winning for you you're a woman sorry like this thing that just happens to you is gonna get you in trouble yeah you're gonna be miserable just deal with it it's, it's, it makes me so speechless because of how disgusting that whole and again thing is I've said it once. I've said it a million times. I've actually put it in an email at work. If men had their periods, this stuff would be free. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that was a great episode. I really liked it. I'm glad that Me we were too. able to get her on. I'm so and, glad we talked um, with her. Yeah, I really hope our listeners uh, take advantage of this opportunity and uh, at the very least share the information that you learn from this episode with at least one person. If not, you know, your next Share Instagram post. Ex- and next time you have a period, please announce it. I'm totally announcing my next period. <laughs> We're gonna come I'm going to talk about the products I use. We're going to be like hashtag the main period. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> where can our, you where can you see those posts? Where can our red. listeners see all our posts and see those those um, hashtags of the main period? You can find us on Instagram at the main dish podcast. And on Facebook at the Main Dish Pod, and on Twitter at the Main Period. <laughs> I give a fake Twitter handle every episode I now. I'm I love like, it. Fuck no, you, you figure it out. Exactly. I don't love it. <laughs> Just go Seriously. find me on Twitter if you really want to know what it's about. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so so much for tuning in this week for this amazing episode, and we look forward to chatting with you again next week. Love you. Love you too, and your periods.